becomes a very, very important text of Scripture for all of us as believers to really grasp and understand because they really point out the fact that we're losers. We're sinners to the core. And as we study this, we discover how much a sinner we are. As we go through each one of these, you, sh you should be challenged. And I hope that we don't dwindle in terms of, uh, man, I got offended last week at one of the commandments. I'm not going to, to next week's, you know. I hope that you'll come each and every week. This section is known as the Decalogue, written by Moses, dictated by God up on Mount Sinai. Remember, we've been studying for months, and the children of Israel are down at, on the bottom of Mount Sinai, and God is giving his law, the Decalogue, these ten uh, commandments. I've called this little section kind of fun, a uh, little mini-series that we're in right now, Stone Text Messages from God. Again, we're looking at, at each one individually. The first one, a couple of weeks ago, is found in verse 3 in Exodus chapter 20 there. And really, as I've said, it's the key to all the other uh, commandments. It's so important that we understand no other gods. God is God alone. He, he demands to be first. He requires that he is first in the believer's life. Verse 3 says, you shall have no other gods before me. It doesn't mean he wants to be the chief thing. It means he wants to be everything in the believer's life. So we need to really wrap our minds around that and understand that God wants to be put first in everything. Commandment number two is found in verses 4 to 6. I entitled it, No Idols of Any Kind. No Idols of Any Kind. Again, we discover in that uh, study last week that God doesn't want any idols of himself primarily. No other gods or false gods or idols, but primarily this commandment has to do with people making an image of God. And I remember making the application for us that sometimes we make a God in our own mind, a God that we're comfortable with, a God that hates the people we hate and loves the people we love. That is an idol, Christians. We need to love God. We need to love his commands, his word only. He is God. He alone is sovereign. So we're to put him first, and we're not have any other gods around us. And tonight we come to the third commandment. And this really is an interesting command because it really deals with the respect for the name of God. I'm going to go into different areas that are going to challenge each and every one of us. But the respect for God's name, because God's name reveals who he is. God's name, and we're going to look at different names for God in the Bible, but God's name is really important because it reveals his nature and his character. And we respect God and all that he is when and only when we revere his name. When we think holy about his name, when we praise in honor of his name, Sometimes we come to worship and we've got other things on our minds and we're texting and we're, look, we're not honoring God. We're actually dishonoring his name. Did you, do you know? We need to honor the name. Every time we mention the blessed name of God, we need to be very, very careful as a people. As you'll see as we go through the study, there's some warnings here for us as well. So this third commandment deals with the respect for God's name. 
And again, whenever I hear people misuse the name of God, and I, I, I dare to say that most of us go to movies, you can hardly go to a movie without someone saying the Lord's name in vain, can't you? And I hope, I hope and pray with all my heart that when you hear that, you just, oh, you cringe. I hope that when you hear the name of the Lord taken in vain in some secular place, in a movie, on TV, wherever it is, I hope that you just recoil and just go, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. And I hope that you have that kind of reaction. It's in our culture, it's just so flippantly. And even Christians use the name of God flippantly. So whenever we use the name of God, it's all about praise. It's all about proclamation of who he is and what he's done. And we really need to bless his holy name. I've got a brother here in the fellowship. I love to pray with him on Thursday night. And by the way, men, you're always welcome to come out on Thursday night. We pray with a group of men right up here in this little space and get a few, few more men. So come on out, men, and pray with the other men. And there's one brother that when you say the name of the Lord, he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I love that. Just honoring, honoring the name of the Lord. This third commandment really deals with our responsible, our responsibility as individual Christians to treat the name of God in a holy and right way. Again, when you study the Lord's prayer, Jesus begins his prayer, our Father who art in heaven, holy or hallowed be thy, what? Name. Even Jesus teaches the importance of this. So I hope that you keep that in your mind as we move into our study. Let's pray and then we'll read our text tonight. Lord, I'm so grateful that tonight these people have come to study your word. Father, teach us. By your Holy Spirit, reveal your truth to us tonight. We're so grateful, Lord, that we have the word. We're thankful, Lord, that with God's word, with your word, we know what you want of us. And I, I just really pray that as a result of these Ten Commandments that we, your people, would not revert to legalism, but we would go right to the Savior for forgiveness, right to the word for direction, relying on the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, teach us, we pray tonight in Jesus' name, amen. Let me start here real quick by asking the question, how important is God's name to you? Now that I've given you some thoughts here, how important is the name of God to you? If someone pronounces my name wrong, my last name, I, forever in school, um, I, you know, my first name is Donald, so I was always called, you know, from first grade, the teacher, first day of school. Donald Coe, present. Donald Coey, present. Donald Cole, present. All of those wrong. My last name's Coe. But, but even your name, when somebody mispronounces your name, do you get kind of tweaked? Like, do you want to correct them right away? What? It's, it's this or it's, you know, it's that. I find it hard, and I, I love my Hispanic brothers and sisters, but sometimes I get a name, and I just can't pronounce it, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I hope that you're forgiving and help me with that. But we need to be very careful when it comes to someone's name, and the same is true with the name of God. There's some names that just make us just go, ooh, like Hitler. You, every time you hear that, you should shake a little bit. Judas. 
or the Ducks, the Anaheim Ducks. Those are the names for me. Some names, some names are funny. Remember Moon Unit and Dweezel? Remember, remember those? I mean, like, what? What's up with that? Or the Octomom, you know, the, the media gave that mother that birth date, children, Octomom, remember that? So names, you know, mean something or they get stuck on us in some way or shape. The point here is that names are a big deal. And what you call God and what's behind your thoughts about God when you use his name is a big deal to him because his name reflects his character and his nature as we look at his name. So we all need to be very, very respectful and very careful when we approach the Lord and when we speak his name. Notice in verse 7, Moses writes God's words to us, you shall not take the name of the Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, your God, in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now, I've broken this one verse into three different parts to make this simple for us tonight. The first point here is honor God's name completely. That's my first point. Notice again in verse 7, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Again, you'll notice that this commandment, like the two previous ones, starts out in the negative. Did you notice that? Remember we talked about how important these laws are, and although they are negative, they all have positive consequence because when you protect the name of, of God, there's a blessing. God, God encourages you. But if you disrespect his name, again, there's a warning at the end of this verse. So it starts out with a negative, but God is telling us absolutely, unequivocally, do not do these things. Number one, no gods. Number two, no other idols. And do not take my, my name in vain. Now, again, most of us, when we read this, we think about using the Lord's name in vain. One pastor, I won't even tell you the title, said that God's last name isn't blank. I thought, wow, what a, cha- what a daring title. But it's so, so important for us believers to understand we need to revere the name of God. Again, the Jew to the Jew, again, this is written to the Hebrew people that have been drawn out from amongst all peoples of the the planet. It's Abraham and his offspring and the promises given to him, and now God is making a brand new society out of his chosen people, his called out people, the people he's taken out of Egypt, out of sin. He separated them from that, and he wants them to be holy in every way. And so he's giving them these laws, and he says that I want my name honored in everything I do. Now, the Jews would take this in a way that maybe we would not. The Jews, to them, it always meant not to use any of God's covenant names, because there are many covenant names in the Bible for God, never to take them, uh, to speak them, to write them in any way that would dishonor the Lord. And even to this day, the the Jew, just like the Old Testament Jew. They won't even write the name of God. They don't speak the name of God. They still don't. The Orthodox Jews, they're they're the liberal ones that do, but the Orthodox Jews will not even write or name the title of God because they believe that if they do, they'll slander or defame 
the name of God. When the Old Testament scribes, remember, I've illustrated this before, but you can read about the Old Testament scribes. They didn't have copy machines. They didn't have any way. The only way they could transcribe the scripture is to take two scrolls and lay them side by side. They would have the one scroll. Actually, they, they write backward, opposite we do. But they would take one scroll and look at the little digit and copy that digit, check that digit for a shorty, and then they go back and take the next one, and they would go on and on, back and forth, the scribe. That's what the scribe did. They would be very, very careful when they were writing, but whenever they came to the name of God, Yahweh, they would take a pen, they would write the name out, and then they would dispose or throw away the very pen that they used to write with. They honored God so much that they would, this pen can't be used anymore. It was used to write the name of God. Very interesting because they didn't want to dishonor God in any way. Then, as they would write other words, you know, they, they would pick up another pen and start all over again with a new writing instrument. Again, they had a great and tremendous respect for the glories of God's name. And, and, and I hope that you understand that in the Bible. Again, we're not becoming legalists in this church. I, I don't want you to, to, to act any different than I want you to think differently about the name of the Lord. And once that comes into your heart, and you, it'll come out of your mouth the right way. It's always that way. The heart has to change in order for my mouth to respond. From out of the heart comes What? All of those things, Jesus says, all the bad stuff. We've got to change the heart. And so I hope that as we, we're studying this tonight, you'll understand. Now, in our Bibles, whenever you see the name of the Lord in the Old Testament, you'll see it's all in capital letters, and there's four of them. L-O-R-D, that's how we transliterate into the English this, these different words for God. Here they are here, the four letters, Yahweh or Jehovah. Those are the, word, the letters that the Hebrews would use. And, and what that is, is a, it's called, a, it's called, it's an interesting word, called a tetragrammaton. A tetragrammaton is where you use no vowels because they didn't want to pronounce them. It wasn't supposed to be mentioned. It was just everybody knows you come up to the scripture and the, you don't say it, and move along as you read the text. The Hebrews are very, very strict about not speaking the name of the Lord. But these are the words that they would have used, this Yahweh or Jehovah. And when you see, again, that name, Lord, in your Bible, you'll understand that in the Old Testament. The rendering there is Jehovah. And the word Jehovah is a name that describes the nature and the character of God, the self-existent eternal one. It's the same name that God declared to Moses on Mount Sinai when he first met him in Exodus 3. Back in Exodus 3, notice here on the screen behind me, it's verse 14, and God said to Moses, I am who I am, and he said, thus you shall tell the children, this is my name, Jehovah, or I am, has sent you. It, it means the self-existent or eternal one. So the name Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, there in the, in the Bible means I am. And it declares who God is. He's the self-existent one, never had a beginning, never have an ending. He's omnipresent in all places at once. He's omniscient. He knows all things. 
This is Jehovah God who we're talking about here, the self-existent one, the eternal one. He's unchanging. He's eternal. And Micah, the minor prophet, Micah 3, verse 6, notice this verse behind me. For I am, that's Jehovah, the Lord, I do not change God. He doesn't change. There's no difference in him. Throughout the Old Testament, there are many different names of God. You've heard songs. Uh, it was Amy Grant. Remember the song, El Shaddai, El Shaddai, El Yanov, Adonai, you know, praise his name. I don't remember those songs, but you, you get the idea. <laughs> different names for God in the Bible. And notice, I have a few here that I want to show you. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh found in Genesis 22, verse 14. That's provider. The all-eternal, the existent one, the provider, Jehovah Jireh. Then there's Jehovah Nissi. Nissi, the Lord is my banner, Exodus 17, verse 15. I am your banner. Your banner over me is love. I declare you're my people, the banner of God over his people. Jehovah Shalom is the next one. Shalom means peace. So the Lord is peace. That's in Judges 6, verse 24. Then Jehovah Shema, the Lord is there. So the Lord is there, Ezekiel 48, 35. And then Jehovah Tesboeth, the Lord of hosts, 1 Samuel 1, verse 3. And then Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd, Psalm 23, verse 1. There's many different names for God. That's the point here. And each one of those reveals something more about God. God is infinite. There's not enough names. There's not enough words in the Bible to declare who he is. And so we get descriptions from God through the prophets, through the psalmist about his name and all these different Jehovah Names. The most common name in the Bible, over 2,000 times in the Old Testament, is Elohim. Elohim means the strong and faithful one. It refers to a, a God that's supernatural, a God that's supreme, a God that's faithful, our triune God. God is strong and faithful, Elohim. And other names for God in the Bible, you'll say El, just the E-L, meaning God, or El Shaddai, which is God Almighty, or Adonai, that means Lord. We see that translated all the time as Lord. In fact, when we were in Israel standing there by the western wall where the Jews were, they, they used the Adonai, Adonai, Adonai. They, that's the word that they used the most. You'll hear Jews saying that the most, Adonai, or Lord, as Christians. We praise the Lord. One of my favorite psalms is this one here, Psalm 34, verse 3. Notice this one. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. As we look at the name of God, we need to exalt his name. Not devalue, but value greatly the name of the Lord. Now, with all that said, let me, let me just say this because I don't want to become... Uh, a burden. I don't want us to become legalistic about the name of the Lord. The Bible does not forbid the use of God's name. It doesn't. Actually, it encourages us to use his name. It only forbids the misuse of his name. In fact, what I want you to do is turn to Numbers. 
Go just turn forward to Numbers chapter 6. I just want to show you this. Numbers chapter 6 this evening. And I'm just going to show you a couple of verses. Again, showing you that we're encouraged to use the name of the Lord. But we just need to have the right thought and attitude. But Numbers 6 verse 22 is where I want to show. Numbers 6 verse 22. And the Lord, Jehovah, spoke to Moses saying, Verse 23, speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. This is what I want you to say to them. Verse 24, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So, Verse 27, they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. So this is just to show you that we are to use the name of the Lord. What a wonderful blessing. You know, somebody that's going through a real hard time, someone that's going through a difficult period of time in your life, and you walk up to them, and you say, oh, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord's face shine down upon you. May the Lord give you shalom. May he give you his peace. We should speak the name of the Lord, but we should understand that misuse of the name of the Lord is vain. We're not to do that. So again, we're to be careful. Let's go back to Exodus chapter 20, because why, why are we not to misuse his name? Because his name reflects his nature. So when we, rem when we remember to, or when we use his name, we're to remember that it's a blessing to others. It reveals his character and his nature that's, that's so wonderful and awesome. I mean, when was the last time you had an In-N-Out burger and you ate that thing? Number two, chopped chilies, animal style. Or mustard style, that's another good way to have it too. And we eat our burger and we take a bite and go, oh, that's awesome. That is so wrong. Because a burger is not awesome. God alone is awesome, right? But see, we flippantly use terms and things. And I'm not trying to say that In-N-Out isn't awesome. I think it's pretty cool. But, <laughs> but be very careful. Be very careful again. Only God is awesome. We need to be very, very careful in how we bless the name of the Lord and use it to bless others. I remember reading about Alexander the Great. Heard this story recently. He had deserted this, this young man in Alexander the Great, the greatest general this world has ever known. Conquered the whole world in four years. He was a Greek man. We actually went to his father's tomb when we were in Greece a few weeks ago. It was amazing. King Tut's tomb is nothing like this tomb of Philip II. In the, in the central area of Greece. And Alexander the Great was a very, very powerful general, had a huge army, and he, he defeated the whole world, wiped it out, took control of the whole world. So to be in his army, you, you were held to a real high standard. He had a, a soldier that hadn't, had fell asleep. He, he really deserted his post. And when General Alexander asked what his name was, the soldier looked up at, at Alexander the Great, and he said, uh, I, my, my name is Alexander, my Lord, to which Alexander the Great said, you have three choices, fight, go to prison, or change your name. Interesting. So 
for you and I as believers, number one, here in our study tonight, honor God's name completely. That's my first point. Second point, we're warned not to misuse God's name. Notice again in verse 7, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. The word vain, shava, shava means empty. It means useless. A literal translation of this would be, you shall not lift up the name of your Lord your God for nothingness. Don't even mention the name of God. Don't use, its use, don't use it as a useless or an empty way at all, Shava. And again, you and I, and I, I involve myself in this too. I'm pointing the finger at myself, but we take God's name vain when we use it in a casual way, just in a passing way, a careless way. It's like saying, you know, the Lord's name, it's the Lord. You know, whatever the Lord wants to do, whatever, 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 you know. It's the Lord's name. We need to be very careful how we use it. And here in verse 7, God wants us to know how serious he feels about his name. Reminds me of a story in the Bible in Second Samuel. You may be familiar with this. The Ark of the Covenant was taken by the Philistines it bounced around like a ping-pong ball in the area of Gaza. It went down, to, uh, down south of Jerusalem. It was taken, and, and every time it went somewhere, something bad happened to the people. They got boils. They got sick. The idols fell over, broke their faces off. I mean, we're, and nobody wanted it. Every, it was like a hot potato. I don't want it. You guys take it. Whatever city it went into was a problem. Finally, David defeats his enemy, and the Ark is brought back, and it sat for about a year in a house, but David is so excited, he wants to bring it to Jerusalem to be the center of the nation. So David's all excited, you know, dancing before the Lord in his underwear. You know, David's all excited. He's going to bring the Ark of the Covenant back. And what they do is they flippantly deal with it. And it's interesting that when you look at 2 Samuel chapter 6, you'll see that the name of the Ark had the name of God. And the Ark of the Covenant was a representation of God and His present and His name. And so, you remember, remember Uzzah? His name was Uzzah. He was driving the cart that the priests flippantly put the Ark of the Covenant on. God had made the Ark. When, we're going to look at some of that Leviticus, how the Ark was made and how it's, it's got little rings on it. It's a little box about as big as the top of this pulpit. has little rings on it. It was not to be touched by anyone. There were little rings, and the priest had to carefully thread the wood poles through these rings on both sides, and the four priests were to pick it up and carry it very gently, very carefully. But these priests, you know, I don't know how they got it on the little cart, but they got it on a cart. They're going down the rocky roads on their way to Jerusalem, and the guy's driving the car, Uzzah. And he hits a bump, and he looks back, and the ark's going to fall off. What did he do? Remember what he did? Put his hand back there to stabilize it. What happened to him? Remember? He killed him. He died instantly. Why? Because he disrespected what God's word said. He disrespected the name. And, and he was killed. Poor guy. I always feel sorry for that, Uzzah, when you read that story. But... In 2 Samuel 6, here's the verse, the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error. So he must have known, don't touch it, don't touch it. 
don't, don't touch that thing. And he touched it anyway. And there he died by the ark of God. Handling the name of God is the point here. Don't do it flippantly. In Acts chapter 5, we all know the story of Ananias and Sapphira. What do they do? They lied to Peter, but in essence, they were lying to God. Again, you don't use God's name. Oh, I pray to God that I'll you know, do this the right way. Peter says to Ananias, Ananias, um, how much did you sell that property for? You're giving your money so we could provide for the, the, all the travelers that had come into Jerusalem and the 3,000 that were added to the church. And there was the two different groups, the Hellenistic and the, and the regular Jews, and they, they, they were having a hard time communicating. They all needed food, and they were hanging out. And so the church there in Jerusalem took an offering. And everybody was so excited about what God was doing that they were bringing their money before the Lord. And Peter was there to receive it. Ananias comes in and says, here's all the money I made from my sale of my property. And Peter, by the Holy Spirit, says, is that all the money? And asks, yep, every penny. And you remember the story. Um, Sorry, bro. You haven't lied to me. You've lied to God. Boom, and the guy falls over dead. Why? Because he disrespected the name of God. He totally disrespected God in every way. In Acts 5... Verses 4 and 5, why have you conceived this thing in your heart, Peter said? You have not lied to men but to God. And Ananias heard the words, fell down, and breathed his last. And the result here, this is the important thing, great fear came upon the believers. Can you imagine that happened here at church? We'd all go, whoa, we better start showing some respect here. The church is new. It's, it's forming. God did some things to really catch the attention of his people, just as he's doing here with these Ten Commandments. He wants them to treat him holy and righteous and be careful of the way they deal with his name. Now, the word of God is very interesting here in Exodus 20, verse 7, because God will not allow his name to be misused. And we can misuse his name in many different ways. Again, the command here is not to take the name of the Lord your God in vain. In vain meaning to say his name in an insincere or a phony way. Or to use his name frivolously. And there's lots of ways. I'm going to give you some examples. It, they, they, all of those names that we use in our mind, we, we use the name Lord, but do we really consider he's holy and awesome and, and the, the creator of the world? We need to be careful about how we use the name. And again, we use his name many different ways. The unbeliever, they use God's name as a curse word. They use it all the time that way. But we as believers, we can be just as guilty of using the name of the Lord in vain. When was the last time on Facebook or Instagram that you texted the letters O-M-G? Now, wait a minute. I, I'm not trying to put a trip on anybody. Don't go running for your car right now. But think about that for just a minute. Are you using the name of God in your little text? And are you reverently thinking about the name of God when you say that? Maybe you say that, OMG. That's the way of the world, church. We need to be very, very careful. Be careful. The world's watching you. They see your Instagram posts. They know you're a Christian. 
but then you just use the name of the Lord flippantly. That's the point. We need to be very, very careful in the way we use the name of the Lord. Or what about, oh, Lordy, 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 Lordy. Good God. I mean, think about these things. Pastor Lee, you're getting really, this is, this is, this is just too much. I, I'm just suggesting these things. I would allow you to let the Holy Spirit deal with you individually like he's dealt with me as I do this study. We need to be very careful. The point is, it's degrading to use the Lord's name and just throw it around casually. We also use, or misuse, I should say, the name of God when we use it way too casually. And again, Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday night we come to church and we just speak the name of God. We sing the name of God. We use God's name without sincerity, without genuine reverence for who he is and what he's done. In other words, it sounds really spiritual to use the name of God, but it's the wonderful, it's the precious name of God, and we need to be so careful and reverent and respectful in how we use God's holy name. Again, most Christians, they simply misuse God's name. I, I would say most. I think I fall in that category. I, I, I forget or I just get you know, lost in war, the world I'm in at the moment, and I, it, there's really no excuse, but that's what I do. I need to be so careful. Some Christians use the Lord's name through hypocrisy. In other words, when we promise as a Christian to do something for a non-Christian, and then we don't come through, we promise them, and they know we're Christians, we represent Christ in our name, Christians, Christ followers. And then we don't follow through, we've just degraded, devalued the name of God. It's not just what you say, it can be also what you do. As a, child, as a child of God, I bear the name. I'm a, I'm a Christ bearer. I bear the name of Jesus Christ. And so I need to make sure that my character lines up. Otherwise, I'm a hypocrite. And I send a false image of God to the people around me, whether it's Facebook or friends at work or at school. I'm sending a false image to other people. Greg Laurie said this, and I've always loved this. Here it is on the screen. The hypocrisy of the church is far worse than the profanity of the street. Think about that. Hypocrisy in the church. It's worse than the profanity. Why? Because we're misrepresenting the name of God. In other words, claiming to be a Christian and then not following up and living like a Christian is never overlooked by God. He sees everything that we do. Paul told Pastor Titus these words here in Titus 1. They profess to know God, but in works, they deny him. And then he goes on to describe abominable, disobedient, disqualified for every good work. But the very, look at the very first of that. They profess to know God, but in the works, they deny him. They're not living. In other words, they're hypocrites. They talk about the Lord, and they're, they're all about church, and they're there every week. But then their works deny that they're truly a follower of God because of how they act and the things they, they do. If you say that you're a Christian, but you live like the world around you, you're just a pretender. 
You're pretending to be a, you're a fake Christian. We have fake news, we have fake Christians. Just playing like they're Christians. Number one, living in conflict with other Christians. Refusing to forgive another believer in Christ. A a refusal to forgive is disobedience and you're misrepresenting the name. You're living in vain. You're, You're breaking this commandment when you refuse to forgive another believer. Number two, withholding from God and his church your tithe, your talent, your treasure. When you withhold your service to the rest of the body of Christ, because your world is more important than serving others, then what do people think of the name that you supposedly have as Christian? And thirdly, what about breaking your marriage vow? What kind of Christian breaks his marriage vow or her marriage vow? How about lying? Just get a tax refund? I got, I got mine yesterday, tax refund. Did you lie on your tax to get a larger refund? Because you're a Christian. That's taking the Lord's name in vain. All of those things. See how serious this is? Sorry. Again, when you take the name Christian, it's a big deal. Because you're a little follower of Christ. You're Christ one. You're following him. And you're representing who he is. And the world's watching. Here at Calvary Chapel, you know the world's watching Calvary Chapel, San Bernardino, the people that come in and out? The world's watching. And you represent Christ. What do they think about Jesus Christ when it comes to you? Your neighbor, you're out raking the leaves or mowing your grass. Hey, come to church tomorrow. What does your neighbor think of your church? Because you represent Christ in, in this fellowship. See, we're keepers of God's reputation. We're keepers of his name. The reason I say that is, listen to what Paul told the Christians in Rome here, or notice here on the screen, Romans 2. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Again, using the the name of the Lord, misrepresenting God's name in our in our work, in our, in our world, has huge consequences. So number one tonight, uh, we, we're to honor God's name completely. Number two, we're warned not to misuse God's name. Number three, and finally, the penalty for misusing God's name. Again, look at verse 7, the end of it. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. There's going to be a consequence for those that take God's name in vain. If you don't take his name seriously, the violator is going to be punished. That's what he's saying here. The word guiltless there will not hold him guiltless. Naka is the word. It means innocent, pure, or free. God won't see you as innocent. Anyone that misrepresents God by misusing his name. Again, you're thinking this right now like I am. Nobody sees me in the dark. I'm glad I work in L.A. or Torrance. There's a brother here that works in Torrance. I, I, I work in Torrance, and nobody can see me, but God can see. God is with us all the time. Have you ever heard someone that got busted because they were speaking and the microphone was on, and then they played on YouTube or on the news? You've seen that, right? 
Everything you say is recorded by, guess who? We need to be careful, Christians, using the name of God, representing God's name in everything. We need to be very, very careful. How about this question? Would you be embarrassed if every word that you said, every time you used God's name vainly, that it was recorded and then replayed back? Guess what? (laughs) Look at this verse, Matthew 12. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned, Jesus said. Wow. Wow. Okay, now that we're all busted, everybody in the room, we're all busted, okay? Nobody is guiltless in this room, right? Nobody. Really, it's important to see it this way. I want to leave you with some ways tonight that we should put into practice in terms of keeping God's name in the highest standard, the highest regard. Let me just throw these at you real quick. Number one, when you hear a sinner using God's name in vain, what should you do? Should the Christian get mad at him? Should Should we yell and scream at him? You better stop that in the restaurant or wherever you find yourself. No. I mean... Really interesting. We, we need to be gentle. We need to be Christ-like. We, we, we should never be self-righteous. Like the guy that said, well, I, Pastor Lee, I told that guy off, man. I gave him a piece of my mind. Uh, maybe you shouldn't have been so hard on him. You should be very, very careful. In fact, Paul says this. Look at this verse behind me, Colossians 4. He says, walk in wisdom to, toward those who are outside. Redeeming the time, let your speech always be with grace seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer one another. Be very careful, Christian, in how you answer someone. So when a relative or a friend, they use God's name in vain, maybe you could say something like, hey, I didn't know you are so religious using God's name. I mean, think about it. You need to be creative and careful about what you say. Wow, it almost sounds like a a sermon you're preaching using Jesus' name so much. I, I really think that would work in, in halting someone from abusing the name of God. Again, our goal as Christians is to point people back to Jesus Christ. He's the one that makes change. We just need to do that, point them right back to the, the Lord. And by the way, why don't people say when they're upset or they hit their thumb with a hammer, oh, my Buddha or Allah or whatever, They don't say that. Why? You know why? Because they're not real, and Jesus Christ is. And Satan is in charge of it all, the prince and the power of the air. Number two, try not to use the Christian cuss words or substitute swearing, however you want to say that. Again, I think a lot of Christians don't use vain thoughts. They try not to say, but they say, cry many G's, or they say, dagnab it or doggone it or, you I mean, you turn that right around and you're getting really close. I, that's all I'm saying. I say that all the time. I got to be careful. But again, I'm just, I'm just warning us here. We, we need to be very, very careful. No matter what you say, just be careful when it comes to the name of the Lord. And then there's all the questionable things. Like, what about this one? Sneeze blessings. What's up with the sneeze blessings anyway? I mean, think about that. I, I like it when somebody says, God bless you when I sneeze. 
I always know they were probably raised in a Catholic church because I never say that, you know, maybe just because I'm not as considerate as you are, but, but people <laughs> always say that, that when you sneeze. But I wonder, I wonder this, is the person that says, God bless you, are they really serious about that? Or are they just saying it because that's what you say when somebody says, do you see what I mean? I'll, that's all I'm saying. We can be very flippant, very casual about what we say and how we say it. I mean, it, it is a good thing to bless people that sneeze, I guess. I mean, what about gossip and other Christians? When you pass along gossip, you're, you're representing the Lord as a Christian, but you're gossiping, you're denigrating a member of the body of Christ. And ultimately, you're denigrating the name of God. When you hear gossip, especially about me, just stand up for me, okay? I'll stand up for you. Really important that we do that. The bottom line, God wants his name to be treated with the utmost respect and honor. And when we use his name, we should do so with all the respect we can give, all the reverence and honor that rightly belongs to him and him alone. Honor God's name completely. Don't misuse his name because there's a penalty for misusing his name. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the word tonight. I just pray for these, your people, that they would hear your word. And that as sometimes we are uncomfortable, Lord, with what we hear, Father, reveal to us, speak to us, reveal to us the truth. Cause us, Lord, to, to know to, to know what to say, to hold our tongue, Lord, in those times. May we bless your name alone. May we honor you in all things. And we'll give you thanks and we'll give you praise in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. amen.